Welcome again to our Sunday morning uh, service. Uh, before we get into singing, I have a particular prayer request, and that is Brother John, uh, his blood pressure was really high, and he has um, a touch, he said, of COVID, but I think he's just got COVID-19. Their family is affected. I want us to pray that the Lord, that the Lord will help them through this morning. Uh, Brother John had to be taken to the hospital because of his blood pressure and his uh, improper breathing. So we want to remember the family. Uh, Brother John, Jason, Andrew, and Sister Monica. Sister Monica is not, is not sick, but um, we want to remember the entire family. And anyone else who has been affected by this, we want to ask the Lord to touch them. And so um, we will be singing this morning. We have Brother Sam at the back of me here with a guitar. And so we'll be worshiping the Lord. And then we'll have prayers for those who are not well. And pray that the Lord will touch us this morning. Amen. Welcome again to our Sunday morning service. I love him. I love him. I love him. He's the rose of Sharon to me. I love him. I love him. I love him. And someday his face I shall see. I love him, I love him, I love him. He's the rose of Sharon to me. I love him, I love him, I love him. And someday his face I shall see. I love him, I love him, I love him. He's the rose of Sharon to me. I love him, I love him, I love him. And someday his face I shall see. I love him, I love him, I love him. He's the rose of Sharon to me. I love him, I love him, I love him. Oh, praise the Lord. His face I shall see. Yes, Lord, we love you this morning. We ask your mercies on our lives, Father. We thank you today. Of Sharon to me. I love him, I love him, I love him. And someday his face I shall see. 
love him. I love him. I love him. He's the rose of Sharon to me. I love him. I love him. I love him. Someday his face I shall see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise God. How great is our God, how great is his name, he's the greatest one, forever the same, he rolled back the water. the mighty Red Sea, and he said, I'm going to lead you, just follow me, how great is our God, how great is his name, he's the greatest one. Forever the same. Yes, Lord, we worship your name today. Of the mighty Red Sea. And he said, I'm going to lead you. Just follow me. How great is our God. His name is the greatest one forever the same. He rolled back the waters of the mighty Red Sea, and he said, I'm going to lead you just follow. Great is our God. Yes, Father, we thank you today. It's your wonderful name, Lord. Forever the same. He rolled back the waters of the mighty Red Sea. Said, I'm going to leave you. Just follow me. Oh, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. His name is the greatest one forever the same. He back the waters of the mighty Red Sea, and he said, I'm going to lead you, just follow me. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. 
We want to ask Brother Sam to lead us in prayer. And this morning, apart from the Mowats family that's sick, we want to remember Nadine. She's doing much better, but she's still at home, not well. Um, and so we want to remember her in prayer. And uh, the saints in India, some of these countries that is really, really bombarded by this pestilence, we want to remember them. And everyone here in North America, the saints in Africa, and especially also we have, I was informed yesterday by some of the Haitian brothers that they have uh, serious riots in Haiti with, uh, that the, even the police department cannot control. Uh, people would break on into your home. Uh, one case, they broke. They went into a church and and kidnapped some missionaries, and uh, they're demanding ransom. Uh, it's really, really not a good world we're in right now. So I'll ask Brother Sam to lead us in prayer. Father, we're so glad today to call upon you. Yes, Lord. As your children, Father, we know that you hear the answer prayers. It's great to know, Lord, that. You are our God. Yes. You are able to do the impossible. Today, Father, there's so many meanings about this. Yes. We're living in a time in a world that's gone crazy. And things are so troublesome around us, Father. But today, we know that we can be assured. We can have comfort in Jesus. Father, today we commit before you those of your children that are suffering. Like yes, you. Father. Those that are facing different challenges in life, whether it's a health situation, an environment situation, a financial situation, whatever the needs are, we bring it before you today. Father, you said in your word, we're two or three gathered together in your name. Yes, yes. Today, in a special way, I remember Brother John, Father. Yes. Oh, God, we Lord, remember him, for Father. So many years, and God has been faithful yes. to your work. And Lord, you said in your word that he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. Yes, Father. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Today I believe in the power of the blood of Jesus. I believe today, Lord, that there is power in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. We're asking you, Father, we're not asking you for riches or fame or fortune, Father. We're just asking you. Oh, God, you're grace. healing. Your yes, you're healing virtues. Your hand of deliverance, your hand yes, of power, your hand of healing, Lord. Let your healing virtue flow right now and touch this, your son. Wherever he is right now, Father, bring about a healing in his body. Lord, let there be a testimony of your healing grace and your healing power, Father. Remember those around the world also that are faced with different challenges. We pray, God, that you'll please have mercy. Yes, Father. And make a way where there seems to be no way, Father. Father, we come in our local assembly here before you. Yes. Oh, Lord, there are things in our lives we need to correct that we have overlooked. We ask for mercy. May you have mercy on your people, Father. Father, may your mercy overshadow us, oh yes. God. May you touch our hearts and place a conviction within us that we'll see the need, oh God, of getting down on our knees and in repentance and turning to yes, you, Father. Yes, Father. Turn from our ways that are so evil before you, Father. We pray for a cleansing yes, and your healing virtue would touch every one of us, we pray today. Bless our services, oh God, we pray. Bless the lesson today. Let your word go forth with anointing. Oh God, we pray that you'll touch our pastor. 
Oh, Lord, touch his mind and minister to him by your spirit, Father. Let his words be words that are anointed of thee, Father, reaching out to every soul that listens. Oh, yes, Father, touch your hearts, touch your minds, Father. Protect your people wherever they are. Lord, let your angels encamp round about every one of us, we pray. Give us wisdom to handle every situation, we pray and ask it in Jesus' precious name, Lord. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Well, <clears throat> there is a scripture that I'd like to bring our attention to in Second Chronicles. And I know that we have looked at Second Chronicles chapter 7 over and over again. But today, um, I'd like to back up a little to chapter 6 uh, when Solomon... It says uh, in chapter 6, verse 1, Then said Solomon, The Lord had said that he would dwell in the thick darkness, but I have built an house of habitation for thee and a place for thy dwelling. Solomon uh, is uh, seemingly uh, speaking to the Lord here. And uh, the king, it says in verse 3, Turn his face and bless the whole congregation of Israel. And all the congregation of Israel stood while Solomon was blessing the congregation. And he started here in verse 4. He said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who hath with his hands fulfilled that which he spake uh, with his mouth to my father David. And you'll find throughout this entire uh, blessing and prayer and uh, uh, praises to God, Solomon is mentioning his father. He says, since the day that I brought forth my people, this is what the Lord is saying, out of the land of Egypt, I chose no city among all the tribes of Israel to build an house in that my name might be there, neither chose I any man to be a ruler over my people. But I've chosen Jerusalem, that my name might be there and have chosen David to be over my people Israel. You'll find the name David is mentioned in verse 7 and in verse 8, and it goes all the way down. And so uh, Solomon here in, in verse uh, 12, he stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hand. After hearing all of this that the Lord had to say, Solomon is lifting his heart up before the Lord. And he says here, And for Solomon had made a brazen scaffold of, of five cubits long and five cubits broad and three cubits high, and has set it in the midst of the court. And upon it stood, uh, he stood and kneeled down upon his knees. Now there's a lot of places few places in the Bible where you find a man is on his knees in prayer. But this is one of the times. And then, uh, which uh, he, he's starting to speak, and he said, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in the, in the heaven, nor in the earth, which keepest covenant, and showeth mercy unto thy servants, that walk before thee uh, with all their hearts. Thou has, thou, that, thou which has kept uh, with thy servant David, my father. 
And he goes on to talk about his father here. It's this long prayer. I'm not going to go through the whole prayer. But he says here in verse 16, Now therefore, O Lord, God of Israel, keep with thy servant David my father. And he, and on and on, talks about David in verse 17. And he goes down all the way here. And then there comes a part of this prayer He says in verse 24 that I really would like us to look at. He says, And if thy people Israel, as Solomon is speaking to the Lord, if thy thy people Israel uh, be put in the worse before the enemy, because they have sinned against thee, and shall return and confess thy name and pray and make supplication before thee in this house. Now they're dedicating a temple Uh, For years, Israel did not have a temple, and God dwelt, uh, the Spirit of God dwelt, I can use that human terminology, in a tent. That's what the Lord told David in Samuel. He says that, then Solomon says, Then hear thou from heaven, verse 25, and forgive the sin of thy people Israel, and bring them again into the land which thou givest to them and to their fathers. When the heaven is shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against thee, yet if they pray towards this place and confess thy name and turn from their sin when thou dost afflict them, then, Father, that is, he's still praying to the Father, he said, then hear thou from heaven and forgive the sin of thy servants and thy people Israel. When thou hast taught them uh, the good way wherein they should walk and send rain upon the land which thou hast given unto thy people for an inheritance. Then in verse 28 it says, If there be dirt in the land or drought, if there be pestilence, if there be blastings or mildew, locusts or caterpillars, If their enemy beseech them in the cities of their land, whatsoever sore or whatsoever whatsoever sickness be there, then what prayer or what supplication soever shall be made of any man or of all thy people Israel, when everyone shall know his own sore and his own grief and shall spread forth his hand in this house, It was a beautiful temple, but a place where Solomon is dedicating this temple. And he's making uh, an important point that people should know that in that temple, God would hear their prayer. And I think there is coming a time when even the natural church that we occupy, these buildings that we occupied could be a sanctuary. And that is why the scripture always says there should be reverence, in the sanctuary. And then Solomon went on. He says, Then hear thou from heaven thy dwelling place, and forgive, and render unto every man according unto his ways, whose heart thou knowest. For thou knowest the hearts of the children of men, that they that fear thee, and walk in thy ways, so long as they shall live in the land which thou givest, Unto their fathers. And he went on continuously in prayer. And uh, you know in chapter 7. When he makes the statement here. uh, The statement is made. 
Uh, it says in verse 12, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer, and I have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. God made that choice. He says, If I shut up, and God is saying this, He says, If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, and if I command the locusts to devour the land, or I send the pestilence among the people, if my people, my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their lands. Uh, what is important here to understand is that God's people seems to have a distinction uh, amidst the other uh, separation and a distinction amidst all the inhabitants of the world. And I believe that should be the case. Uh, when God was ready to judge Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, he to, the Lord told Abraham, he says, if they are ten righteous in the land, he will spare the land. And I believe God's people in a city should hold some protection in that city. If we are serving the same God that existed in the Old Testament, and I think we are, then our, our commitment and dedication to God in this time should protect us from the pestilence that God judges the world with. The problem here is this pestilence that came judged the world. And uh, the ungodly, the man that did not know God, he got judged. The atheist, he got judged. Uh, the, the Muslim, he got judged. The Hindu, he got judged. Every uh, pagan religion got judged. Uh, the sports system of the world, they got judged. The financial systems of the world, they got judged. Uh, the governments of the world, they got judged. And the Christians, they also got judged. And so when we're thinking, I'm, I'm pondering these things, I feel that uh, somewhere down the line, we have not maintained a sanctification from the world strong enough uh, to stay the hand of judgment on our land and in our society that we're living in. The same judgment measured out to the ungodly, and I've seen this for years now, uh, when the scripture says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. We talked about this yesterday. And uh, when we really think, we are, to a great extent, still dependent on the counsel of the ungodly. The giants in our land's land today are not Christians. The giants in our land today that deals with the electronics and provide that which will destroy our children and our younger generation are the ungodly. And God's people has no sanctification from the world. And when we think about what's happening, and today I'm, I'm troubled, I'm burdened about uh, what God is doing, and I'm burdened uh, basically what God uh, allows to exist in, in the church. And I'm sitting here, I don't have COVID-19, but is it possible that I have it? Yes, it's possible. Is it possible that I catch an influenza? Yes, it is possible. 
Is it possible that I go out and get in an accident? Yes, it is possible. But also it is possible that God can protect us a little bit more. Something is positively not right. And that is why the scripture says that if my people, which are called by my name, uh, shall humble themselves and uh, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Uh, turn this microphone off, Brother Sam, please. Yes, and turn from their wicked ways, then God will hear from heaven and heal the land. And so what I'm thinking here today, uh, we know individuals, we all will get to that place where we get, we get an age, we grow up, we get older. I look at the Bible and to ease our mind and help, help us to understand, uh, we're looking back all the way from the creation when God created man, Adam was one of the most powerful men that ever lived on this world, in this world. Adam was created in the very image of God. Sin entered in, and after a while, Adam aged, and might have been a good age at that time, but he died. Uh, we think about men of God that followed Adam, whether it was Noah. Noah died. Uh, he didn't die because he was healthy. He died because age catches up on you. And your body becomes susceptible to uh, diseases and, and whatever is existing in the world. We think of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Especially I'm thinking of Jacob. When, Jacob, uh, when Isaac was getting old and Jacob turned up before him, Isaac was so old he could not see. He had to feel the hand of his son to, in order to bless uh, either Esau or Jacob. And you're old and... You get almost senile. We all will get to that point after a while. Old age will come. I think of great men of the faith. I think of a man like Elijah. Uh, you know, the Bible tells us that Elijah, I think he did seven miracles. And in Elijah's time, uh, he did a complete 14 miracles. One after he died, uh, a miracle was performed. But Elijah did double the amount of miracles that his master, Elijah, did. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible tells us he, he, he died of a sickness which took a hold of him. Uh, you don't die because you're healthy. It's a reality we must all face. Uh, we must come to that place where we get old and we're running our race. But what is important is that we understand that we're not here forever and so we must bring our lives in conformity to the plan of God. The scripture I looked at uh, yesterday, I'd like to touch on that again. I have my finger in Psalms 139. I'd like to come back there. Let's go. Let's start with Psalms 139. Psalms 139 is one of the Psalms that David wrote. And David is writing here in Psalms 139. And he understood there were times when David disobeyed God and God chastised him and he became sick. Uh, there were times when he prayed for God to heal him. The greatest men in the Bible, there were times when they were not well. And so when we think about Brother John in the hospital, we want to pray that God would help him. He's a very faithful man for many, many years. And I don't know how long we would live. I don't know what's happening in our lives. He might go into the hospital, come out, and I die before him. 
Who knows what holds, uh, what tomorrow holds? God knows. Uh, I have my finger here in Psalms 139, but turn back and see what David says in the early part of the Psalms. In Psalms uh, chapter, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 3, uh, <clears throat> it says there, as a matter of fact, I think I would like ch- chapter 6 instead, where David, a psalm of David, not all the psalms were written by David, but here in Psalms chapter 6, David, you remember he had sinned. He had committed adultery with Bathsheba, and God was judging this man. I'm not sure if this was one of those times when David is crying, or if it was just a time when and his enemies pursued him. When he was hiding out in Cave Adullam, I don't know uh, what was happening here, but this was one of David's psalms. He says, O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in your hot displeasure. Now God will judge every one of us with chastisement if we are elect. We must go through the process in order to be saved. And I might have a different process than you might have. Every one of us has a path set before us with the same identical goal for the elect. We are to be confirmed to the image of Christ. But it takes a lot of processing for God to accomplish that. It takes different periods of time. Think about Nebuchadnezzar, seven years eating grass like an animal before he could lift up his eyes unto heaven and praise God. But he was the head of gold. He didn't start as the head of gold. Abraham did not start as the father of faith. He started as a faithless Abraham. Uh, Nobody starts uh, uh, as a champion. Look, think of Paul. Paul says when he, God called him. Uh, You know the process God took Paul, even though he knew he was to be a preacher uh, to kings and to nations. He tried to, he jumped the guns and tried to start early, but God had a time that Paul had to be processed. And when he wrote to the Philippians, Paul made a statement like this. He says, I have not yet apprehended that which the Lord has apprehended. I have not yet taken a hold of that which the Lord has taken a hold of me for. But what I've done, forgetting the things which are behind and pressing forth unto those things which are before I press towards the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, it took him about 35 to 40 years serving the Lord and preaching the gospel, being stoned and shipwrecked and suffering. We had a beautiful lesson. I think it was Wednesday night. Talked about some of these things. Uh, Paul finally, at the end of his life, he says, I'm now ready to be offered. After 35 years of going through persecutions and problems and difficulties in his life, Paul boasted not in his, uh, his knowledge or his accomplishment. He boasted in his infirmity and the way he suffered for Christ. Today, God must bring us to a process. Uh, we are not like the early church where they're stoners for preaching the gospel. We're not living in the day of persecution But the job must be done in our lives like it was done back in the early days of the church. Uh, The perfection must be accomplished. Back there, they were stoned and persecuted. The fire that purged their goal was a literal persecution. 
and stoning and rejection. Today, God must accomplish the same purging with a different method. And sometimes a sickness is put on our body, not because we are sinning. Paul's thorn in the flesh was given to him as a means to keep him humble and prevent him getting into a, a sin situation. But some of us get chastised because we're rebellious. I get chastised when I'm rebellious. And God purges me, and I appreciate God loving me. For every son, he must chastise and bring to maturity. Persecution is, uh, is not in our day, but chastisement is existing in our day to accomplish the same job that the persecuted saints had to face in their day. And so uh, here in Psalms, the sixth chapter, David is writing here, and he said, O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in your hot displeasure. He knew that God will chasten him because he was a little bit of a rebellious man in areas of his life. And he goes on, he says, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. He says, Have mercy on me, for I am little. I think the margin says, I'm weak, I'm withered. I'm withered. He says, O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. Whatever David was going through at this particular time, it seems like he had lost weight and wrinkles were on his face. Uh, he was losing weight because God was processing this man. He was not having an appetite. Uh, he was getting slim. The problems that he had to encounter uh, were strong on him. He says, my soul is also, verse 3, sore vexed. And thou, o Lord, how long? How long, Lord, will this process continue? He says, return. Uh, it seems like for a moment there, he lost communication with the Lord. He says, return, O Lord, deliver my soul and save me for thy mercy's sake. God, let your mercies come down. Save me. Return. He says, because when I'm dead, there's no remembrance of thee and in the grave who can give you thanks. He says, Lord, I don't want to be able to go into the grave and then I can't praise you. What a way. David had a way of bargaining with God. He had a way of reasoning with God. He says, God, I would like to praise you some more, but when I'm dead, I can't do that. You know, in Psalms 51, I'm not leaving Psalm 6. I'm coming back there. But in Psalms 51, David reasoned with the Lord like this. In Psalms 51, he said in verse 1, he says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According to the multitude of thy mercies, blot out my transgressions. It is so important, and that is why the pattern prayer that Jesus taught his disciple, he says, when you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day my daily bread, and forgive me my trespasses. Forgive me my sin, as I forgive those that trespass against me. You know, I don't always spend the night praying, but I spend the mornings. And when I pray, there has not been one time I approached the Lord and didn't ask him to cleanse me from sins that might be present in my life. 
and that, Lord, please don't help, help me today not to do anything to transgress your laws. I ask God every day because we're human beings and falling is a part of our nature. And so these men are great classic examples. And in 51, he says, have mercy upon me, O God. He says at the last part, he says, blot out my transgressions. Verse 2, wash me uh, thoroughly. He says, uh, from my iniquity, he says, I've got ways that are contrary to God. I wish every one of us in the ministry, the pastors of church, will pray this prayer. Because I might have little religious practices that's not ordained by God. And if it's not ordained by God, if we have a religious custom or, or a religious practice that we're engaged in that God has not approved, that is iniquity. We are trying to form our own religious uh, principles of serving God. It's called iniquity. And David is praying. He says, oh God, he says, um, uh, wash me thoroughly uh, from mine iniquity and cleanse me. Uh, he says, from my sins. Iniquity and sins were two major problems here uh, David is dealing with. He says, I acknowledge my transgression. I'm not hiding it. Oh God, I'm a sinner. I failed you. I've done wrong things. Forgive me, oh God. We need to do that every day. Oh God, help me not to sin today. Or if you come to the night, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. You told someone something ridiculous. You had an anger against someone. Don't let the sun go down. Don't sleep with that in your mind. Ask God to forgive you. And ask your brothers or sisters that you offended uh, to forgive you. He says, I acknowledge, I acknowledge my transgression. And my sin is ever before me. Against thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. That thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when you judge me. He says, I sinned, O God. He says, but listen. I was, behold, when I was born, I was shapen in iniquity. My mom and dad, they brought up, they were brought, they were brought up in contrary ideas and contrary religious uh, customs. He says, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mom, a mother, conceive me. He didn't mean his mother committed fornication and produced him. Some people would like to believe that. I don't think so. Uh, we were born... Uh, in sin. Uh, we are shapen in iniquity. Uh, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And David says, Lord, he says, you know, the reason why I'm, I'm asking you, he says, I was made this way. I was shapen in iniquity and a sinner. Uh, I became, I bought a, had a sin nature when I was born. God, I need you. He says, Lord, I'm a human being. I'm prone to fall. I'm prone to do evil. He says, against you only have I done this. And he says, behold, thou desirest truth in the inward part and in the hidden part. Thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Please, here is what we do. I heard Brother Sam's prayer this morning asking the Lord uh, to let his blood and the power of his blood reach on into our lives. And it says here, Paul, uh, David says, purge me with his up. Uh, and I shall be clean, wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear the joy of gladness. He says, I'm so sad every day, God. He says, make me to hear the joy of gladness 
that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sin and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. We asked this yesterday, that, that we are in a church where the spirits of just men are made perfect. Our spirits must be right. You know, the, uh, the old, uh, when we look back at the old days, one of the brothers, one of the founders of this work, uh, had a sign. They said, written on his pulpit, watch your spirit. Watch your spirit. Well, Paul did not say, watch your spirit. Paul says, cleanse our spirit and our bodies uh, from evil. We need to cleanse. We need more than watching our spirit. But I understand what it means, watch your spirit, watch your attitude. But we need God to cleanse our spirits. Uh, here is where the spirits of just men are made perfect. My attitude ought to be right. When a brother falls and a brother is sick and a brother needs help or a saint of God is in trouble, my soul should reach out uh, to that individual and offer help. That's why we're here. My spirit is everything. And David said, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. He says, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And behold, and uphold me with thy free spirit. That I, when it's over, I can turn around and see someone going through the same hell. I'm going, I'm going through and help them through that. Amen. Amen. He says, teach me so I can turn around and help somebody. And here in Psalms 6. He's telling the Lord the same thing. He says, if I'm dead, I can't praise you in the grave. The grave can't praise you. But Lord, if I'm alive, I'll praise you. He says, I'm weary, Lord, verse 6. Chapter 6, verse 6. I'm weary with my own groaning. Have you suffered and you feel like you're the only one suffering in the world? I tell you what. There are millions of children of God that have gone through what you're probably going through. And what you may be going through is like kid stuff to what some people have gone through. Uh, someone talked to me the other day and said, I don't know if you can understand my feeling. I said, you know, there were times when I look up and I saw the bottom. Not every day, but there were times when I look up and I saw the bottom. So I was below the bottom. But God is good. And David said here, he says, mine eye is consumed because of my grief. You see, <clears throat> when you're suffering, you lose your appetite. You lose your appetite for food, he says, and you, get, you lose weight, he says. It waxes it all because of all my enemies. And he goes on, uh, he says, depart from me all you workers of iniquity. For the Lord had heard the voice of my weeping. It seems like the religious people that did not believe that David was serving God right were picking on him. And uh, the workers of iniquity, they thought they were right. And they thought David was wrong. Well, David was wrong. He had committed sin ever so often. But he was there and God saves the sinner. And when the sinner repents and turns back to God. And that is what Solomon meant when he says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. And I ask myself, we've got such an arrogant attitude amongst ourselves that I wonder if we're the Pharisees of the 21st century. 
We call everybody out there Babylon, and we are the body of Christ. It's a phrase. Does God think the same? Does God think we are the body of Christ, like we say we are? Well, it's so easy to say I'm the body, but does God think that? Was the body of Christ in Jerusalem always the body of Christ? <clears throat> Was Israel always the work of God? Or did they go into captivity literally? Is it possible that we go into captivity? Well, hindsight will tell us. And when we think about the church at uh, the churches of Galatia, Lystra, Iconium, Derby, and Antioch, all started by the great apostle Paul, all went into hell. The body of Christ in Galatia went to hell. My brother is saying we are infallible. No, we're not. The body of Christ in Corinth went to hell. And the body of Christ in Asia Minor, almost all of them were on their way to hell when John sent the seven letters to the seven churches of Asia Minor. They had a seat of Satan and the works of the devil right in the heart of each one of the churches. But you think we are infallible? If ever we feel we are infallible, it's being naive to the reality of Scripture. Amen. We should understand that the possibility of apostasy lies in every church. And we should not glory in a title or a name. We should turn to God because this pandemic, if it does not open your eyes to the reality of how much we lack God, then what can God do to help you? We don't have the power of God like we should have. And that's a fact. May God help us to come to the place. There's scarcely anyone I know that is not under the influence of the counsel of the ungodly. One way or the other. And so when we come to church and do our little rituals and do our little performances, that's important. But what we do when we leave here. That's also important. But you know, God has charted out our lives and he has counted our days. Our very days are numbered before God. And so here in Psalms 139, David is writing here and he's talking about God knowing us. And today, God knows exactly how long I would live. I don't know, so I'll do my best. The dead know not anything. But the living, the living, he shall praise thee. So because I know that the living, the living shall praise thee. Whatsoever my hand finds to do, I must do it with all my might. For there's no life, there's no knowledge, there's no wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. Great men has a limited time. But the process, and we want to pray that God would help Brother John and his family and every other individual around the world, that the process that God is taking them through is to burn the chaff out and to make the goal even more purified for his accomplishment. Paul's chaff had to be burnt out on a daily basis. The greatest apostle had to have the 
alloys that were in his gold burned out. And that took persecution. It took trials. It took stoning. It took shipwreck. It took whipping from the Jews. It, it took starving. We did that the other day. We went into almost every scripture to show that. This church has been privileged to hear wonderful lessons and to challenge our lives. And so, when God is working on a man, don't you stand up there, pray that God would help every one of us when we're going through a trial that our faith fail not. Not that God moved the trial, but that our faith hold on to God and trust God. And so this is what we need to understand. And David said here in Psalms 139, he says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. I don't know you. You don't know me. Oh, yes, we do. No, you don't. Only God sees the heart. And the heart is always desperately wicked until the Lord gets a hold of it. God knows the heart. And he has searched you. And he has known you. And because he has known you, long before you were even born, there's a path set up before you. Amen? We are to be confirmed to the image of Christ. But for us to come to that place, we must be predestinated before we even existed. Called when we were, uh, then we were born and we were called while we existed. And then we were justified and then eventually we'll be glorified. And the whole process of salvation is called sanctification. Where we're sanctified from the world on a daily basis, slowly daily basis. And David said here, <clears throat> he says, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my dung sitting and mine uprising. Thou understand my thoughts afar off. See, I would say, Brother Sam, I know you. I know what you're going through. No, I don't. I might think I know. But every man would know what he is going through by himself. When I lie on my sick bed and I'm there, I remember when my, my heel got broken and I was in bed lying down. A lot of people come to visit me and says, well, they're so sorry. And some, they're very much in sympathy with what I'm going through. And they would know what, you know, I'm sorry. I don't understand how you are going through. No, nobody understood. But me lying there had to understand why my heel had to be broken. Did God make a mistake? No, he never errs in judgment. He had a reason to do that. And broke my heel, but didn't still working on my spirit. Jacob had his joints affected, and he walked with a limp. But his spirit got changed, and from Jacob trickster, he was changed to Israel, a prince with God, you know. God's still working on me. Kids sing a song, he's still working on me. And David says... And he says, Thou compassest, thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. God knows the very path I'm walking on, and he is there with me foot by foot. And even when he's not there, and I don't feel his presence, he is there. Because that's a part of his job that he's working with. And he says, There's not a word in my mouth and in my tongue. Uh, but, lo, Lord, thou knowest it altogether. 
Anything that comes out of my mouth, God knows it. He knows it all together. And you know, the longer I live and the more COVID is hitting the world, is the less faith I see amongst God's people. But you can't develop faith if you don't give faith a chance to grow. But I believe God has allowed this for a reason. Everything. I'm allergic to half the world for a reason. He always has a reason. David died. Abraham died. Moses died. They all died. Men that I know that helped me in the ministry died. Going back in Guyana, the man that conducted the crusade that I was converted in, Brother Harry Das, he died. Got a beautiful picture of him. Brother Lloyd Goodwin, that, that helped me in my days in America, he died. <clears throat> Brother Carl Voorhees, the man I admire. Brother Jack Archer, they all died. And one day, I will die. And I'm closer to the end than when I started. It's a reality I have to face. We all must die, but make sure that when we're ready to die, we die with our hearts in a good position with God. You might carry a problem for many years, but God, if you're elect, he'll remove that problem before you're ready to die. And pray that God help us. And David said, he says, thou hast beset me behind, verse 5. He says, and before, in other words, before, uh, before I even live a day, God knew what was going to happen. You see, the path that God has charted out for me is specifically for me. The path that God has charted out for Sister Chandry is for Sister Chandry. The time when she would be perfected, God already knows. And the circumstances that she'll have to encounter, God knows. He saves his people. God charts out our paths ahead of us. You can't go to the right or to the left. He's got a path ahead of us. And David says, Thou hast beset set me before, behind and before, and, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high I cannot attain. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? And whither shall I flee, flee from thy presence? He says, If I ascend up into the heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the utmost parts of the sea, even there thine hand shall lead me, and thine right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness is overwhelming me, it's covering me, even the night shall be light unto me. If you're elect, you will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And you will still have confidence in God. There comes that time in your life where you're not fearful of what the world offers anymore. You have confidence and faith in God. May God help us to develop faith and confidence in Him. He never errs in judgment. Nothing happens without a reason. Uh, everything that happens to the elect, all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose. And David says, um, he said, verse 11, he says, If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light unto me. He said in verse 13, For thou was possessed my reins. Uh, thou was possessed, formed, the margin said, formed my reins. And thou was covered, 
uh, in the margin, it says, um, knit me together. Thou was knit me together in my mother's womb. When I was being conceived and brought, my spirit, my attitude, my looks, all was determined by God. I told someone the other day, I said, you know, a person might look beautiful on the outside. Their face immaculate, their ears immaculate, their hands immaculate, they got the right body built, and their toes are ugly. There's always some defect in an individual that will try to keep you humble. And sometimes you might be a beautiful person on the outside and the devil on the inside. But God will change the elect. There's a process for each one of us, but God never fails. If thou dost possess my reins from my mother's womb, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Each one of us, no matter how you are, you're fearfully and wonderfully made according to God's design. He says, Marvelous are thy works. And that my soul know it right well. My substance or my frame, my develop, my bones, my frame was not hid from thee. When I was made in secret, it says here, uh, as I close off this scripture, it says, uh, curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Verse 17 and 18, how precious also are thy thoughts of me. O Lord, how great is the sum of them. See, you can't even count the amount of times where God thinks of you as an individual insignificant to yourself, but not to God. See, God is not affected by size and quality and quantity and all of that. If God says he loves you, he loves you in spite of who you are. His love is constant. It's not love today and hate tomorrow. And I ask God to give me that kind of love where I can love people as he loves them, not because they're good to me. In spite of their obnoxiousness, help me, O oh God, to love them. Develop me. He says, if I count them, they are more num they're, they're more in number than the sand that is the sand on the seashore. Oh my God, what a way to go. When I awake, I'm still with thee. This is so wonderful. We have a God that cares for us. And that is why today... Uh, we must understand when one person is going through a problem and one person is going through a trial, we have to take that as our responsibility to bear them up and to love them and to pray for them. The best thing you can ever do for me is to pray for me every single day. If you pray for me every single day, that's the best gift you can give me. Pray, oh God, help him. Help him in his weakness. Help him in his problems. Help him today. And if we pray one for the other, we'll develop a better spirit and attitude for each other. It's a good day. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this another day in your house. We thank you, Father, that before we were even born, you knew us. Lord, the very structure that we are made of, our bones and our looks, our names, so Father... You've already selected that. You knew that long before the world was even created. And Lord, when we're struggling to live for you in this life and we're complaining about the trials, you already see the end result and the product that will be produced. When you can say, when the Lord returns and he can say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. 
Today, Lord, we ask you to have mercy on Brother John and Jason and the family. And we pray, Lord, for Nadine, that you will touch her and lift her up out of that bed of affliction, Father. We pray for every child of God that's not well today, that, Father, you will reach on into their life and liberate your people, Father. Give them the grace to endure the chastisement and let their spirits be changed, Father. Help our spirits to conform to your will and your plan, O God, we ask in Jesus' wonderful name. We praise and we give you thanks today. Amen and amen.